0: welcome back to your haunted holiday this is lisa and i'm lindsay and lindsay i have a terrifying episode for you today i think this is going to be like your worst nightmare come to real life so oh i'm gosh. very curious to hear what your reaction is going to be to some of these stories i'm excited
1: <laughs> so sneak
0: peek <laughs> lindsay this may include your worst nightmare which is a demon child <gasps> Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right. This is going to be a good one. And this is your haunted holiday at the Sally house. So, Lindsay, I'm going to assume you have not heard of the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. Is that correct? You are correct. I have not. All right. Good. I was thinking you have it. Although I will say I kind of stumbled across this and it is one of the most researched and documented ghost stories. And it really took place primarily in the 90s. It was heavily covered by all kinds of mystery shows and stuff like that. So there is a ton of information out there about it, um, but it is fascinating, okay, what what happened to this family that lived in this house. So the Sally House, it was actually built anywhere between 1867 and 1871. And let me just say this, I keep referring it to, to it as the Sally House, and that is what it's called today. But back in the 1800s when it was initially built, that is not what it was called. I will get to why it is called the Sally House a little bit later. It was just a normal white house that this family built, and it was built by the Finney family, and not long after it was built in 1871, the father of the family Michael Finney actually died in the home and at the time they had three children and his wife was pregnant with another child. I couldn't find how he died but he I'm sure it was some kind of illness right that we Mm -hmm. probably didn't have a cure for back in those times. Now, the baby that the wife was pregnant with was born in 1873, but at one years old in 1874, it actually passed away too. Oh, no. So not that long after the house was built, there was already two members of this family that passed away in the home. Gosh, well, that's how these things start, right? Tragedy. It does. I know that always seems to be, you know, what's going on with a lot of these hauntings. So the next death that happened in the home was the husband of Agnes Finney, who's one of the Finney's daughters. Um, And so she was living in the house along with her mother and her husband, William True was the name of her husband. And he actually had a stroke and passed away in the home as well. After he died, Agnes, stayed in the house throughout the rest of her life, and she actually ended up dying in 1939, also in the family home. Wow. So now you have at least four deaths, right? Right. At least four deaths. And not only that, but then there's also several funerals that happened in the home that I read about because the Finney family lived there for so long at the beginning of the 1900s. Anybody who died in that family they would essentially bring back to the home and hold a funeral for, even if they didn't die in the place. And it reminds me a little bit of like the stone lion inn where mm-hmm. it was a funeral home kind of thing. I think anywhere where you have this family really tied to a location like that, and right. then not only that, but they actually hold the funeral in the house. I think there's a lot of potential energy that could be there. Right. I also think, too, clearly this house has a lot of death surrounding it. So already you have four people who have died in the home. You also have a funeral home. Not really a funeral home, but more of funerals held within the home. Not a lot of people can say that about their houses. Yeah, very true. I only know of one person that potentially died in mine. Oh, that's (laughs) true. But four is a lot. Four, (laughs) Four is a big number. All of the above is a lot funerals being held deaths this isn't typical that's why we see ghosts in these kinds of places right so you know after agnes finney died that kind of was where the finney family no longer you know lived in the home anymore after 1939 and it was a rental property for many years and they had different renters come in and out of the house rented on and off well the most famous renters of this home were in 1993 deborah and tony pickman rented the house and you know this is documented throughout if you guys go to the sallyhouse.com there's actually a website that documents this family's story in a ton of detail that's where i got a lot of this information from um but Deborah Pickman actually even wrote a book about it. It's been featured on numerous television shows and series as well. So there's just a ton of information out there. So basically, they rent this house. And at first, it's just the two of them. Deborah is pregnant at the time. And they're just noticing like a few things here and there, like odd things that she would describe as things that you wouldn't even really notice, right? But like looking back on it after things kind of escalated, she was like, you know what? That was kind of weird. I bet that was tied to the haunting. So to name a few of these, one that freaked me out was that their dog would bark fiercely at the nursery room in the house, the place, the room that they had set aside to be a nursery. Mm -hmm. The dog like would not cross the threshold of the nursery and would just look at it and bark and freak out. Oh my goodness. Animals might be able to see things. That always terrifies me. Like I'm always worried if my dogs are like looking at something that I can't see. I'm like, what do you see? And No, But they luckily don't ferociously bark at any particular room in the house. That would really scare the crap out of me. So I don't know how they didn't. I got a dog within the last six months. I adopted a dog named Brandy and I will say last week she was looking at the corner of my guest room kind of making weird noises and I was like, don't do it, Brandy. Don't start this. (laughs) I'm pretty sure my place is not haunted. Let me just knock on wood right now. But Yeah, I was like, don't even get started on this Brandy. No looking in empty areas and. Right. The (laughs) other thing that they noticed was a lot of like cold spots throughout the house. Like, Mm -hmm. and they didn't think it was drafty. Like at the bottom of the stairs, she would consistently notice there was like this weird cold spot. And this would happen daily. It wasn't like once a week or every so often they would notice a cold spot. It was on a consistent basis. And then the next thing, it was a lot of electrical stuff. So, for example, their lights in their living room would like dim automatically and then turn back up, right? Not only that, but then different appliances, like the oven timer, would go off at random times. The vacuum might start up by itself, that what? kind of thing. Yes. Wow. So at first they thought, well, maybe it's just like an electrical issue. They still were not attributing this to any kind of ghost or anything like that. And they actually had an electrician come over and check the wiring. Like, do we have bad wiring? Like, all these electronics keep going off. And the electrician confirmed that there was nothing wrong with the wiring in their house. So red flag right there. There's a few red flags already. But at this point... The Pickman family was not attributing it to any ghosts. Now, right. when we get back, things are going to get crazy. So stay tuned to the rest of this story. All right. So we're back and we're getting ready to get into some pretty spooky stuff, I think. So basically the Pickmans end up having their baby, the baby's healthy, you know, they've bought all these toys for this baby, that kind of thing. And you know, one thing that they noticed started happening is that the toys would kind of like go off by themselves they had a mobile for the baby hanging over the crib. And it was one of those that you could kind of wind up and it would kind of turn and play music. And she would be in there and that thing would just kind of wind up on its own and start going around and playing music. Also, any of the other toys that could like make any sort of noises, that kind of thing, those tended to go off as well. The other thing that they noticed happening quite a bit as soon as the baby was born, and this is when things kind of started picking up, is once this this baby was born, is they were having the hardest time because the baby would wake up constantly in the middle of the night. And they say, you know, I hear that I don't have children, but I feel like that's probably like a semi-normal thing. Right. Rep- No, we were exhausted this baby would not go to sleep at all and i think there's like a lot of explanations for that so i don't attribute that necessarily to the ghost they think that it was the ghost like kind of messing with the kid trying to play with the kid or something Mm -hmm. like that right well that mother had lost her baby who had died there who knows maybe she's playing with the baby maybe that's what it is maybe i mean you'll see what we think it is Uh a little so they think that something's messing with this baby and then you know she's talking to a neighbor that lives across the street and the neighbor said to her hey I've noticed the the light in your nursery is on all the time like going on and off in the middle of the night is there a reason you're having that you know light on for your baby to sleep And they actually, at the time, because the baby was getting up so often, they actually just had it in a little kind of like makeshift crib by their actual bed in their bedroom. So it wasn't even sleeping in the nursery. Mm -hmm. And so Deborah Pickman was kind of startled. Like, what do you mean that light's been on? We don't put that light on at night. In fact, the baby's actually sleeping in our room. So that's really unusual. But this neighbor noticed that that light was going on and off consistently so the big thing that kind of triggered them to realize that something weird is happening here despite all those other things that we just talked about is you know they had gone out to a family you know gathering type thing like a family party they come back home and they had you know all these different teddy bears in the nursery room Well, the husband goes up the stairs, goes into the nursery, and notice that all of these stuffed animals have been placed on the floor of the nursery in a perfect circle in the center of the room. What? Yes. Uh, I would immediately think someone has broken in, but... That neighbor would have had me at the whole light going on and off in the middle of the night. Like, that would have been my sign of, like, something's going on. I need to set up a camera. I need to go over there and look for it. Or, I don't know. That's crazy. So, that is actually what their initial thought was. They were like, did somebody break in? Because he called his wife up right away and was like, did you do this to these toys? What is this is really weird. And she was like, no. I specifically remember I had placed all the toys in a really kind of cute fashion around the room. I wanted it to look cute. You know, so she knew very precisely where she had put those toys and knew mm-hmm. she didn't leave it like that. So she actually, her and her husband were like, somebody must have come in the house and rearranged these toys. Mm-hmm. So they... They really thought that's what happened so then they kind of like put the toys back away where they were they decided you know let's go downstairs and kind of search and see if somebody's you know maybe in the house or something like that right so they start walking down the stairs and immediately the light to the nursery flips shut up no 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 yes. we're recording this and it's like not far from my bedtime right now and I'm gonna- <laughs> that is so scary. So the light flips on. They go back up there, and one of the teddy bears that they had replaced shut up. Oh my gosh, back in its spot has now been lit. Now it's laying on its back in the middle of the nursery room floor so they're immediately like well that must not be an intruder because nobody could have gone in there without us seeing it we had just left the room right so this kind of like starts consistently happening especially with these toys in the nursery and they were super freaked out at this point they were like it's a ghost it's got to be a ghost yeah right and deborah was actually like from reading her story she seemed almost like semi excited like oh my gosh like this is a ghost that's kind of cool but it's also a little freaky you know i don't want a ghost that puts toys in a circle like come on (laughs) that's a lot i agree i I mean it's not automatically demonic or anything like that but it's just Okay, this is a little too intelligent, a little too active. I prefer the ghosts that maybe, like, you can hear, not moving stuff around, like that. Well, and also, I really don't want my own house to be haunted either. Like, let alone the stuffed animals and all of that, like... I'm happy to go to a haunted location and hang out and try to see a ghost there at somebody else's house. Right. But I really don't want to see it at my own house. Like, I don't want to live with that every single day. Right. It's It's got me all freaked. I keep, like, looking around my house. Even though I do not have... I have not run across any kind of ghostly activity. I'm pretty sure I'm safe over here, but I agree with you. Yes. Well, and the stuffed animals kept moving so like they even set one on kind of like a tv stand and it would literally like turn around like physically like move is what oh they my say gosh yes so you know the toy thing keeps happening they're convinced they have a ghost Tony, the husband, apparently starts having these, like, super vivid dreams about a little girl. And apparently they were so vivid that he even, like, drew a picture of this little girl, okay? Mm -hmm. And one day, he's actually, like, walking into the kitchen he's like gonna make himself some orange juice or something and he sees a little girl standing there and he's like Deborah, what's a neighborhood kid doing in our kitchen and all of a sudden he looks back and he drops the glass the glass shatters and he looks down and the girl disappears mm. and it looks like the girl in his dream so now he's seen a little girl and he's been dreaming about this little girl as well Gotcha. So the other thing that starts happening as this activity is picking up, Tony is getting claw marks on him. At one point, he was like, gosh, it feels like a bug is biting me on my back or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he pulls up his shirt and he has three claw marks going down his back. Mm -hmm. And that is the first time he got clawed, right? So- they're still kind of like, er, you know, we're it's haunted. I'm not that scared, but they're starting to get a little bit more freak. time to move. It's too much. So somehow they, you know, kind of happenstance get connected to a psychic, right? And so they say, hey, psychic, we think our house is haunted. Will you come over here, you know, and check it out or whatever. So this psychic comes over and pretty much immediately identifies what she says is a little girl that's haunting the house named sally okay so this is who they think this little girl is that tony saw that's messing with the toys and all that stuff so the psychic basically says you know sally is very comfortable with deborah she wanted to kind of make herself known she wants to be acknowledged which is really why she's doing all this stuff. She wants acknowledgement and she's comfortable around you now, which is why there wasn't that much activity before. And it's kind of starting to escalate a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the psychic actually tells her basically, why don't you give Sally some toys? And so like Deborah would put these toys in the corner of the nursery, what they call now Sally's corner would put things over there like crayons and Things like that for Sally to play with, basically trying to appease this ghost and acknowledge this ghost. And the other thing the psychic told them to do was, you know, if Sally's like messing with stuff and she shouldn't be doing it, you know, she does need some direction because she's a child. You should kind of scold her right and be like sally no you don't do that right this all sounds like really bad advice it does it sounds like (laughs) i would be like don't acknowledge it why don't we send somebody in here to cleanse this place right like scold the child that's like almost like you're provoking a spirit which in my book is never a good thing I would agree with you, but this is the recommendation of the psychic, okay? Right. So let's talk about the legend of Sally and where Sally may have come from, okay? Because we know there wasn't somebody named Sally in the list that I read before that died in the house. That was all members of the Finney family, and there was not a little girl named Sally on that list, okay? So here's what the legend is. The legend is that there used to be a doctor who lived in the house, which that has actually been validated. Charles Finney, who was one of the brothers that lived in the house, did become a doctor. And he was living in the house at the time of being a doctor for a few years, okay? Okay. And basically the story is a mother brings her daughter over to the house knowing that Charles Finney is there and is a doctor. And this little girl is complaining of abdominal pain. And he decides her appendix is getting ready to burst. She needs surgery right this second. We don't have time to get her into the hospital. So he decides he's gonna perform surgery on this little girl right there in the dining room of this home. And there's no anesthesia, none of that, right? Oh, my gosh. the little girl ends up dying, okay? Of course. This sounds like all terrible decisions. (laughs) It does. It sounds like a really stupid decision, right? What year was this? We think it was in 1905, okay? And the reason they think it's in 1905 is because Charles Finney, the doctor, was still living in the house at that time. And there was a girl named Sally in the town that did die in 1905. But nobody's been able to exactly, like, tie the two together or say that that actually happened for sure. That's just kind of like the folklore, right? Now, I was watching this show on YouTube. It's like this old 90s, like, cheesy mystery show called Sightings and they did a ton of episodes all about the Sally house and it was at the time when the Pickmans were living on the mm. property so like they brought in cameras they had like psychics come in i will post some links cuz if you guys are interested please go watch it okay it's <laughs> it's fascinating So, anyways they bring this famous psychic into the house and supposedly just like every tv show they don't tell him anything about the haunting or what's going on but this psychic immediately says oh my gosh there's a little girl up there and specifically in the nursery and he was like she does not want me to enter this nursery and then he calls out the name sally what and he's like this is a little girl named Sally. Supposedly, wow. he didn't know anything about the haunting okay. up until this time, right? I mean, who knows? It is TV. So anyways, so he calls that out. And then later, they're going through, driving by like a graveyard in the town. Mm-hmm. And he's like, stop the car. And he's like, Sally is buried in this graveyard. Okay? Oh my gosh. So then he gets out of the car. He kind of like starts wandering the grave site, okay? And he stops at a grave and he's like, This is where Sally is buried. And the gravestone is actually too old and, like, dirted up and, like, just old Mm -hmm. that you cannot read anything from it. Like, you cannot tell what the name says, what the years are, anything. So they contact the cemetery to figure out who is buried on that plot. And sure enough, it's that little girl named Sally who died in 1905. Ugh. That's crazy. So I think that validates that story to some degree. I mean, it's it's a television show. So, I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, I was intrigued by it. I think I need to watch the show. It's old. It's an old show. Like the quality, it's crazy because like I was watching it thinking, how did we live watching non-HD TV like this? I mean, the picture quality was awful, but we managed to survive. I know the content was great. So, anyways, so this happened. The other thing that they said on that show is they were interviewing a prior renter. So somebody who had rented the house before the Pickmans did. And she had said that she never thought anything of it. She never really had a haunted experience. Mm -hmm. But that her five-year-old daughter, who was living at the house too, had an imaginary friend named Sally. Oh, creepy. So that also gives some credence to that well, story. I was going to say that I was like, what if that first psychic just had it all wrong and the, the girl's name wasn't Sally? Because this lady gave them really terrible advice to begin with. <laughs> so, but at least other people have come in and they've seemed to, there's you know, been- Numerous psychics who have validated that there is a spirit in there named Sally. That's good to know. I was actually going to ask if you didn't get to more validations. Yeah. Go, we and might maybe- be dealing with the Susie or who the heck knows. And maybe that original psychic like pointed out it's Sally, but then she was just kind of like making it up from there. Here's how you handle Sally, you know, <laughs> be stern, <laughs> tell her not to do that. Give her some toys so and you know one of the toys that she ended up buying for sally because you know deborah was like kind of into this you know Mm -hmm. she was like this is kind of cool so she actually bought sally a doll and decided to wrap it in wrapping paper and put it in that corner of the room and left it there for weeks okay like it wasn't touched for weeks because she thought you know what, I'm going to leave it because if I was a little girl, like, the most exciting thing ever is to unwrap a present, right? Right. She goes into that room one day. The doll has been taken out of the wrapping paper and it is now laying in the crib. Oh. So, I mean, mm, that's freaking me out. And then... <laughs> so, now it starts to get a little bit scarier. So, like, it's messing with toys. It's messing with some appliances. You know, that kind of thing. Well, Tony he basically refused to acknowledge this ghost. He was like, I'm not playing this game of talking to this ghost and giving it presents and trying to make friends with it. I don't want anything to do with it. Well, for whatever reason, this ghost did not like Tony, and maybe that was why. Tony started getting scratch marks on him on a consistent basis. And I am not talking about just like a light scratch. I'm talking mm-hmm. like he was bleeding. And on that show, Sightings, mm-hmm. that I will post a link to on our website, it actually, I swear to you, Lindsay, they catch this in real time. They that have a camera crew there that literally, they have they, they have him on camera. Because I just think, when I hear that, I think, yeah, he's probably scratching himself. And doing perfect, right? It for No, they have him on camera the whole time. All of a sudden he'll be like, oh my gosh, I think I got scratched again. He'll lift up his shirt and you can literally see it forming right in front of the camera. Until it starts bleeding. Like it will like welt up like little by little and then start bleeding in front of the camera. And this didn't happen like one time. This happened like a gazillion times in front of these cameras That's and crazy. he didn't have time to scratch himself like there were people sitting there observing him he was on camera like at no like I'm pretty certain if he was like just scratching himself or walking away for a second to scratch himself like you would see that but also right. they have on camera the actual like scratches forming in real time wow so go check out we'll put it on yourhauntedholiday.com if you go to the episode section i will post a link for you guys to go check that out if you're interested it is fascinating so you know the scratches started to happen they started finding like this weird mold around the house that they were like what is that you know and um, they started feeling like a feeling of dread and doom plants inside and outside the house like started like dying I guess. The other thing that they experienced in the house, Lindsay, was candles would light on their own. So the family had kind of like set out some candles just for decoration. She actually would never even light the candles herself, but she would find these candles lit on her own. So this ghost was powerful enough to light candles not only that they were having like a family party in the home and it, they found a doll lit on fire and one of the family members put it out before it burned the whole house down so now we're even taking it up a notch to the point where now their family's kind of in danger right oh i totally need to get on out of that house and tony this is the scariest part to me started feeling the urge to kill his wife he thought something was like you know influencing him oh my To get him to like murder his his family oh that's like amityville horror it is so they moved out finally oh good all of that it's time it's time to go so they moved out and they're like okay heck with this. We got to get out of this house, right? I mean, they stayed there. And Deborah's like, but I'm going to miss Sally. Yeah, basically. (laughs) But then after they moved out, they kind of came to the conclusion. I don't know if they still believe this. And, you know, a lot of people wonder, is it a demon that's in the house that's posing as a little girl? (sighs) That is the big speculation that this is actually a demonic being of some kind that's just trying to get their attention because it had that negative influence over Tony, Mm -hmm. trying to get him to kill his wife. That's what he claims. And then he was getting scratched. There was strange mold. They even had like strange odors in the house. Like it was just a very powerful ghost, the way it was moving things. Right. So, I mean, signs do kind of point to demons and there are a lot of paranormal investigating teams that have also drawn that same conclusion. They think it may be a demon. Yeah. That's actually there. I mean, I think it does sound very active and powerful in order to move all of the things that it did. Also, the dog not wanting to cross a threshold into a room where a supposed little girl ghost is haunting, that doesn't really equate to me. You know, to me, that seems more sinister. And the scratches, like what little girl draws blood and scratches? I'm sure there's some out there, but I mean, really, like, really? That shouldn't be the case. I also think demon. I mean, that is scary. I was listening to this other podcast. I keep bringing up these other podcasts, but I was listening to the paranormal podcast and he had a lady on who was like a demonologist who had written a book. And she was saying that demons a lot of times will take forms of things to make you think that they're innocent and they're not as evil or sinister or even as powerful as they might really be. So that freaks me out. I am no expert in demons. In fact, I steer clear. So the other thing, Lindsay, that I think is interesting, that I think makes it so much worse is in the 2000s, They had had some more renters in and out, you know, of the house throughout the years. And they went into the basement, the property owners, and they discovered after some people had moved out, they discovered a pentagram drawn on the floor and a satanic altar. So whoever was living there was doing some sort of like satanic rituals What to add to this demon child, Sally. So this was after those people had moved out. Yes. So somebody rented just to get access to this demon thing. That's what I think. Oh I gosh. think somebody went in there wanting to rent it because they were like satan worshippers and wanted to do all kinds of like crazy rituals. So that makes it way more scary to me. So much worse. all right so Lindsay would you go to the Sally house and stay the night I don't know I think demons really freak me out I don't really want anything to do with that kind of energy Um, I like your typical ghost that used to be a person that's what I'm into And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, the the one psychic did identify Sally's grave, you know, so that's interesting. You know, who knows? It just all depends. If we were in a group of people where I felt fairly safe, like a large group, almost like let's go back to Shark Week, like we did in an early episode, you know, surrounded by many, odds are I'm not the weakest. It's not going to pick me off. (laughs) Let's hope. I don't know. And it also depends on cost. I, I'm kind of the sa- on the same page as you. I really don't like to do demon stuff because that really scares me. But I would probably do this with a group of people. I, like As long as a group of people went with me, it's kind of the safety in numbers thing. And it wasn't just me and you. Because you know me and you. We'd be running out of that house. Oh, if there to- we else can't go there by ourselves? No. 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 Absolutely well, not. part I- of the problem is you get so worked up that I think that sometimes this is my personal theory that energy, especially like if it's like negative energy like some of this stuff, it can feed off of your emotions because you have such heightened emotions when you're in these scenarios that I, I think some I think some stuff would go down because you would get <laughs> all freaked out. I would definitely. I would definitely get all freaked out. I will say though, I've gotten better over the years. Like the Sorrel Weed House, I did pretty good at the Sorrel Weed House. I stayed at a haunted hotel recently by myself. Now it wasn't like sinister sinister hauntings and I got good vibes, future episode coming, coming your way. But yeah, stayed there by myself and I was fine yeah that's no you have improved greatly but when (laughs) i still can't sleep (laughs) yeah you still can't sleep but that's all right so let's talk about the pricing so there are a few tours and it is actually owned now by the city of atchison kansas okay so there's a couple different websites out there and it was actually kind of hard to find because at first i thought can we go because if you go to the sallyhouse.com, it has pictures and a bunch of stories and just a ton of information, but not a lot about investigating. In fact, on sallyhouse.com, it's like, we do not recommend that you go there. <laughs> we think what? it's dangerous. And I was like, um, okay, so can we go there? <laughs> so I finally found it on, on visitatchinson.com, okay? Okay. So there is a bunch of different things that are owned by the city, things that you can do within Atchison, Kansas. And this is one of them that you can go through this website for. So again, I'll actually post a link to this on our website too, in case you have trouble finding it. Visit atchison.com is where you're gonna find it. And they have a few different tour options. So they just have what they call a self-guided tour, where you can go and pick up a ticket from the city or order it online. So the self-guided tours are only open September through October because, of course, of Halloween. Halloween. They kind of look at it almost like a haunted house, although they don't decorate it like a haunted house or anything like that, right? But it's open for those self-guided tours, and it's $10 to get in. Oh, wow. So around Halloween, that might be something fun to think about doing. They also have what they call paranormal tours. Now, there's no set dates for these. It said to be determined for the dates for the paranormal tours. So I would keep checking the website if that's something that you're into. Um, But it's 6.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. So it's like a three hour tour and it is $65 per person. And they also include the equipment. So you know, they're going to give you things to help you kind of hunt the house with. Right. I, you know, I would probably go and do a ghost hunt. I just don't know that I'd stay the night. Yeah. There'd be no sleeping. No, I can't imagine that you would actually sleep. So they do have an overnight situation. Oh, they do? a whole calendar, yep, where you can go look it up. So basically, and the prices vary based on the time of year that you go. So November through August, it's $125 per person and there needs to be at least two people that are staying there with a 250 dollar minimum okay now during the haunted season halloween time september through october the prices go up only a little bit it then turns into 150 dollars a person or a 300 minimum well that's really pretty reasonable for an overnight stay if you ask me i mean it's it's right around the price of you know, a nice hotel and you're really getting a whole house with a ghost. You're getting a whole house. However, you're not allowed to sleep on the beds. I think there is furniture in there. So you are required to like bring your own, if you're planning on sleeping, bring your own sleeping bag, bring your own pillows, that kind of thing to get comfortable. So I don't think the pricing is terrible either. I think it might be worth it. Now there's a 10 person maximum. So you cannot... You know, exceed that 10 person limit. The other thing that I thought was interesting on the site for any of the tours, basically, especially the overnight tour, it is very clear to call out that you cannot bring Ouija boards into the home. There's no seances allowed. Mm-hmm. However, you're also not allowed to try to cleanse the house. Oh. So, to try to cleanse the house of ghosts, you're not allowed to do that and this is the city of Atchison that owns it? Yes. Well, that is some interesting local government stuff happening there. I mean, I'm just assuming it is because it's on their website and I wasn't able to find Right. Well, a I mean, you know the local the, the local government's hired someone of course to manage the property, you know, but that's just really interesting. That's that's kind of funny. Yeah, it is interesting. So um, it is, you know, Atchison, Kansas, in general, it's actually considered to be a very haunted town. There's, I, so I think they kind of, like, thrive on that to some degree. Like, they're known as one of the most haunted towns in the U.S. And hmm. most commonly, they are known for the Sally House in particular. Wow. Well, after hearing about the tours, I would definitely do one of the tours. Yeah. I would prefer the paranormal one. I, it sounds like this is a pretty active spirit. It would be pretty cool to get some some ghost activity happening hopefully not demon activity yeah you know it would be interesting right but this again guys this is no like fancy hotel that just happens to be haunted you're not gonna get a lot of sleep here this is really for investigating this place has not been renovated in god knows how long it ain't fancy and you're not allowed to sleep on the beds so something to keep in mind right if you have been to the Sally house we would love to hear from you guys send us your stories send us your experiences we might just read them out for our audience to hear in an updated episode but outside of that please feel free to reach out to us uh, you can do that at your hauntedholiday.com. we've got an email address your haunted holiday at gmail.com we've got Facebook Twitter Instagram. We have a YouTube site where we post our, um, our podcasts as well. And please feel free to spread the word about your haunted holiday. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thanks everybody.